Welcome to the Europe is Coming podcast, taking you inside the minds of Europe's best CrossFit athletes and the people behind them. Hey everyone, my name is Vicky McLeod. Welcome back to the Europe is Coming podcast. In this episode, I sit down with Coach John Singleton again, and we talk about the planned changes to the CrossFit Games 2022 season. What's the big deal about Rogue Dubai and Wadapalooza? and how the sport of CrossFit may evolve. So let's get to it. Welcome back, John Sigleton, to the Europe's Coming podcast. It is a horribly rainy day today in mm. Mallorca, and you're wearing a lovely ensemble of... Uh, On, uh, all black. Chucky bottoms. <laughs> These are actually um, cross-country skiing pants. Oh, you're dressed for the occasion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jacqueline hates me wearing them, but... They're super comfy. Does she have a problem with your fashion sense? <laughs> Most, my, I often find my clothes will go missing. <laughs> uh, especially hats. She does not like my hats. Why? Well, I, I asked the same question. I haven't got a good answer yet. So, Jacqueline, we need to know what's the problem with the hats. Yeah. Especially because she's got her own cowboy hat now. Got cowboy hats. She's been wearing that around the house? No, I have. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, but I have a, a cycling hats. I like cycling hats. Are those little peaks. The old school peaks, yeah. Yeah, which give no protection whatsoever. No. no yeah, no, apart no. From, from the sun. No. Because a gentleman sun. with a receding hairline like yourself does need a little bit of protection. True, true. I, you know, I appreciate. I, I spend more time out of the sun now than in. And a Nordic complexion. Yeah. To go with that. Okay. Well, there we are. There's your answer. Yeah. Wear sunscreen. Yeah, that too. So you've come back from the Rogue Invitational, yes. triumphant, frankly. You yes. guys did a good job. Yeah, you know, it's. Um, I'd say Rogue has now been established as the off-season competition. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the 20 best athletes in the world, so it's extremely competitive. And to to have an athlete, Gabby, stand on the podium was uh, was a very big achievement. And, and after all the dust has settled mm. what kind of reflections did you guys make on the weekend it's an interesting one so the off-season comps do do differ a little bit in the sense that we don't necessarily peak the same way um because we're still training now for the 2022 season so the off-season competitions don't hold the same relevance i don't know if that would change in the future like if a series happens or these things but you know the games is the games and and so the preparation and um, and placing in that holds a lot more importance than still the, uh, the off-season comps. Because mm, a lot of people read or make assumptions from the from the placing mm. in those kind of competitions, and and then make predictions based on those for next year, don't they? Whether or not that's uh, the right thing to yeah, do. Yeah, and you know, it's it's probably not the right thing to do. Like people are in different stages. You know, a lot of the athletes. Um, even at the top 20 in the world, like at Rogue, you know, we'll, we'll be working, we'll have different duties. They may have postponed till after the games because of, um, you know, because they, they kind of took the time off of the games and then come back to work, whatever it may be. Um, there's also the difference in, in programming. You know, you could argue the games, because of the amount of events, is a very a hugely uh, rounded program. We mm. speak about this the other day, you know, that CrossFit programming tends to go through bits of fashion as well. Um, and right now we're kind of seeming like a heavy, hard, fast fashion before, you know, we did enter into like a long run, long swim kind of style. So 
So you do see fashions changing through the sport. And I actually think this is a very important discussion to have um, that needs to be has like, how is pro- CrossFit programming decided? Mm-hmm. You know, like what is an appropriate way to program for a CrossFit competition? Is there one? You know, can it just be completely random? Is it just, can you just have gymnastics, can you just have strength? And, and these are questions I don't think that have been, they've probably been asked, but not necessarily answered um, in any constructive way yet. And so I think another thing is how independent are the programmers? Yes. That's always an issue, isn't it? Yeah, we, we had this uh, discussion um, at Rogue with uh, some of the other coaches that should a, a training program such as the program program for a competition mm. you know I you know, I have no doubt that I would remain unbiased in that and I would be so even more unbiased to, to not have any bias you know yeah however there shouldn't be that question there of is, is there bias and like, I feel that that question shouldn't arise in the first place mm. you know like even at semi-final level she had proven programming before it didn't happen in the end because of COVID but they were going to program for Asia and then it, it re- at least raises the question. And I feel that there should be a block before that question is even raised. You know, like Mayhem programmed, what Mayhem did, Rich program, joint with Chris Spieler programmed Rogue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mayhem had a huge number of athletes there. They did. And, and so I'm, I'm not saying that the programming was biased in any way, shape or form, but that question shouldn't arise. It would be great if it was a completely independent In an in, independent expert. programming yeah. body, yes. It also gives people less things to talk about, though. <laughs> yeah, you know, but it's it's like one of these. Like I, I do feel that you know maybe CrossFit, like from the CrossFit licensed event, should the programming be provided for the event? You know, or how can we kind of blind the process to take away the biases? But there's um, potentially elements of programming are going to be set for next year's um, semi-finals, aren't they? The, what I was hearing is that there are going to be some elements that are suggested to the to the competitions that are going to yeah. take place. So this is what was said last time as well, but I don't know in the end how much actually um, that happened, you know? Like, how much did CrossFit just say, yeah, that's okay, fine, get on with it? Mm-hmm. And how much was like, at what level was the, the input there? There did seem to be some kind of, some events looked similar to other regions, but um, semi-finals, but then some events are just completely different to the others. What do you feel about how the 2022 season has been planned? I mean, firstly, great that we actually know dates. Yes, this is is actually a huge, you know, (laughs) I think you underestimate how uh, different that is, you know. We wouldn't know the dates of the season until like February, Mm. you know. So, you know, actually this morning I went through my my diary to to block the dates. You know, it's very rare to be able to do that pre-Christmas. About, what do you think about the, the the way that the team competition has been affected? So I, I think this is an interesting debate. And first of all, I think the key principle is that obviously the teams and the future generation need exposure and a competition in the sport. I also understand the dilemma that the games have in the sense that when you have so many categories, it actually can become really detrimental because you never highlight the the key athletes, if you see what I mean, in mm-hmm. the sense that, or 
like the fans, will always go to see the individual athletes, not go to see the Masters. And I think that was the case in 2019, where actually most of the time you had the Masters doing the workout with no one there because they don't ever want to watch the individuals. So I think it kind of leads to a, a bigger question of should the, you know, let, let's take the elites, uh, elite athletes and teams and call them one category. But then all the other categories that are introducing, should they hold a separate competition mm-hmm. in order to entirely. highlight? Entirely. you know, be it the same week. And they kind of did this last year where you had the teams, masters, um, and adaptive athletes before. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good idea because you can highlight them and, and give them the attention. The families, the friends, everyone who's there to support them can go support. And it's a good lead into then, say, the elite competition where, you know, then they are the elite of the sport, the top of the sport, and therefore draw more attention. There's also a cost element, isn't there? Because the more um, athletes you've got, the more expensive it becomes. Yeah, but but this being said, you know, athletes pay to go to the games. You know, they pay a registration fee. How much do they pay? Um, For them, it's around $300. Okay. So, you know... Now, I'm not saying that that covers costs because, you know, the people, we, we run a competition it's just like, extremely expensive to do. So I'm not saying it covers the costs, mm. but they are paying uh, to be there. So in which case, what can we do for the teams? What can, how can we, because now they're down to the, 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 top, the top 10, 10 so I think of each age group. Yeah. And, um, it's I, pretty demotivating for a start. It is, it is. And also doing it, you know, I think that getting to the games without doing a live competition um, is something that is tough as well. Mm. You know, like I do think that there's, there is the opportunity to introduce these live competitions for them, getting to the games. And then you could argue that 10 is enough at, at the games, if you see what I mean, if they've gone through that live competition element. I was speaking to a chap who was in was a master mm. in this year's games, Conrad Kaufman. Yeah lovely bloke and he um he made it to the games this year which was a huge deal for him and i spoke to him about three days after this announcement i said how do you feel Conrad?" and he was so disappointed and so like but it was he said that everyone was everyone in his community like the masters community was also feeling pretty disappointed with how things were shaking down yeah i i kind of see it from both sides Mm. that obviously people want more places um, so they have a greater opportunity of going. I also see it that you know the sport wants to highlight the best. I, I think that, I think that the most important thing for me is like, do you have the ten best at the games competing in in the sport? That's a very good question. And and I think if they can genuinely say that you know we feel we have the ten best um, athletes competing, then I kind of think that the cut is it is. Um, understandable mm-hmm. and in the same way the individual fields getting cut you know do i necessarily agree with cuts in competition and maybe not at the games level i think it's better for all athletes to go go through but you know you i suppose you have to draw a line somewhere and what is that line of, of how many athletes are competing do you allow 80 athletes at the games or do you allow you know 10 you know uh, so I understand, I, I, I do see it from both sides and I, I don't think there's necessarily uh, an easy answer. I, I think the solution is a separate competition. I don't know if they will hold it, they announced the game's dates, but I don't know if they will hold it the week before again or not, or the, the start of the week. 
It seems it, when they announced the game today, it seems shorter. Yeah, exactly. They they haven't announced it, uh, which is why I wonder if they again coincide, um, like elites in the other categories. I mean, I understand from an organisation point of view that they need they wanted to reduce just physical numbers of people because it's it's a lot of um, of uh, heats to get through. But I feel I feel bad for these guys because that's something that they've been working so hard to get towards now. It's like it's actually. Either it's motivating and you're going to really work hard and you're going to make it into the top ten yeah. and that's the way to do it. You know, or I, you feel like, oh, I'll give, I'm going to give up and go and do another sport. Yes, and it's like, you know, I think that's just a personality choice that people make. You know, it's like, that. Uh, you know, do you look at it as a, an opportunity or uh, or an obstacle? You know, once you've made it to the Games, then you're in the top ten best in the world. And so that's something, like, positive to look forward to. You know, I, I think it is, they, they've chopped and changed the ten, the twenty quite a few times. Um, I think when when we had Axel go, that was 2016, 2017. Yeah, 2016, and I think they only had 10. How old was correctly. Axel then? He was 17, 16, 17 category. Mm. Yeah. Let's talk about um, your athletes, your program athletes. Mm. We just had the German throwdown happen yes. this weekend, and you've had a guy. Yeah, Martin from the Czech Republic. What was that, Martin? What was he? What was his placing in the end? Uh, he ended up placing third, so he's on the podium, which is it's very good. You had uh, Luca, who was at the games. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, I'm going to mispronounce her last name, but one of the brothers. His kids. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll be able to have a conversation with Luca one day, and he can tell me how to pronounce it. Yeah, <laughs> and um, we saw his brother in. Um, at Rogue, yes. and then you had Martin, and Martin and uh, Moritz was in in second place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know German German throwdown has been around for years, well established um, competition. And Moritz comes to Mallorca quite a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're very popular with Germans. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah, this is true. Um, and then I believe it was uh, Anon, uh, a Belgium girl, yes. uh, one for for the females. For the women, yeah. But you, we were saying before, before we started recording, that actually, in order to attract a very high-level mm. athlete these days, it was more than just one element to um, the competition that needed to be interesting for them to attend. Yes, it's, it's in essence prize money. So I think that if you want to start pulling uh, the big names, especially like you know, let's call it within Europe, then if you place a ten thousand euro. Uh, first place you'll pull in uh, the big names like you athletes kind of do the calculations like is it worth it for me to go and compete at this event Actually, you know we're talking about first place here we're not talking about a guaranteed 10,000 mm. for showing up and you know the stress of competing the expenses going out etc and that kind of risk ratio and right now 10,000 around 10,000 seems to be what can push with you know maybe than like going five, four, or six, four, or however the. Um, What's an average budget for a weekend of comp- competition? How much would you expect an athlete would have to pay? Mm. Traveling, hotels, coach, help, you know, other people that need to go with them. Yeah, so if you take just the athlete's expenses, if you have to fly in, I mean you're in around five, five hundred to a thousand euros, somewhere in that kind of expense range. Mm. Plus all the preparation. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, the prep, and that's just the athlete going. You know, you bring your family, you do all these other things. You know, so it's it's like going for a weekend holiday away, basically. Yeah, but you only see the inside of a stadium. You only see the inside <laughs> stadium, and you pay to be in that stadium. You know. <laughs> so, see, so yeah, you're probably looking. You know, as, as it had to take rough estimate, you know, seven hundred and fifty euros mm. um, for a European competition is probably in and around what you can pay. And then when you start, if you want to add on, do things properly, you know, then, you know, do you bring in someone to help with body work? Do you, you know, what relate, you know, is, are you paying for the coach to be there? Are you, you know, all these things and yeah. start adding on the cost. So very quickly, you know, unless you're on the podium, you're losing or paying money to be there. I mean, there's a, there's a balance, isn't there, between a, a, a new CrossFit athlete who needs that experience in competition to really understand where they fire mm. and then a more experienced um, athlete who can more as pick or choose which ones they're going to do. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think there are, you know, we, we've probably started to see levels of competitions. And it's probably as dictated by prize money. It, experience of the competition does help. I think since COVID, it really like threw the kind of competition ecosystem into a bit of a whirlwind, you know. There's no real, which competitions have come back, which haven't. Right now you have Rogue, Dubai, Waterpalooza. You know, those are like the they've kind of put themselves as the three off-season competitions mm -hmm. and you know dubai 250,000 yeah um what uh, what a palooza 100,000 dubai 50,000 you know significant money and then these uh, bigger european competitions you've got the two in madrid which are now offering it around 10,000 euros first but german only offered three and so it probably didn't pull in all of the big names that would have been there have they put up um, 10. I would love to know what's the big deal with Dubai and Wadapalooza actually because it's why are they so big now? I think for different reasons so uh, Dubai was famous for big prize money so Rogue has significantly overtaken it Wadapalooza has now overtaken it but back in the day four years ago five years ago there were no competitions that would pay out that kind of money mm. and you know they were famous for like you know Whoever wins this next event will give them 30,000 or, you know, and, and they throw iPhones out into the crowd. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Dubai was all about, you know, people would go there to make some money. That was like, you know, and it was a hard competition, but it was like you went to Dubai to make money. It was like the, the mecca for that for CrossFit athletes because no other competitions would put up that kind of money. Um, and so, and so that's where it gained its reputation, its name, and it's been long established in that way. Again, only having a small staple of athletes as well. <clears throat> Waterpalooza has become famous for being more of a festival than, uh, like a lot of the athletes will actually go into this uh, category of three. Mm. So three males, three females. They won't actually compete individual. And so Waterpalooza has more of a festival party. The fun vibe. Fun vibe. So it's again, very different. And, and Rogue, you know, very new to the scene, but it's Rogue, so probably the most established CrossFit brand outside of CrossFit. Put a big prize money, only invited the best in the world, so it kind of jumped its way to that place straight away. I know that um, Solo was planning to go to Wadapalooza, but the last time I spoke to her, she was a little bit unsure about whether or not she was going to do it because of the, the studying that she's got going on at the moment. Yeah, so studies and exams, in theory, <laughs> She's in a in a GoWod team mm, with okay. um, with Mia, 
and Julie. Oh, I hope they go. It sounds like it'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like your definition of fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know, but it sounds I, like fun. It sounds like, I, I am definitely more of like a smaller competition with less. Would you be going with them? Um, I won't be going to, to Wadapalooza, but we, we may be uh, sending one of the team over with them to help. But um, but yeah, I'm, you know, the, the, thing, the thing is with more people, you know, more dynamics, more things happen, mm. uh, and so it's very hard. Just so much going on. So I, if you're going for a good time, it's kind of perfect. But it, when you go to compete with so many things going on, I think it's maybe harder. So, the, from a strategy point of view, the last competition you guys are going to do, that you're going to attend, mm. is Dubai before mm. before Christmas, and then after Christmas, basically, it's heads down straight at, straight at the Open. So I think that a lot of the athletes, you know, competitions are a stress, you know, you put yourself mm. out there and they don't necessarily want any of that stress. The biggest focus for for the athletes that I'm working with will be the semi-finals and to go through to the games. You know, with the amount of people that qualify and the level that the girls are, the uh, focus won't necessarily be on um, open and not so much on quarters, then really pushing to mm-hmm. the, uh, the semis. Well, is there any preparation that you're doing at the moment for Dubai? Is there any kind of feeling about what the workouts will be like? Is there any trends that they those guys follow? We we try not to guess um, until we know because the guessing game can take you down so many roads. Dubai's been obviously famous for having quite a lot of variants. So they go heavy, they go long, desert runs, swimming, uh, so biking. You know, we, so we the kind of the typical games training that you would do. Uh, then alongside that, they also like to introduce some kind of new movements, new workouts. Like they had uh, last year, we went, was it 2019, December 2019, something like that. And they had like, you know, reverse grip chester bars, flying pull ups, like deck squats with kettlebells. You know, you know <laughs> it, it's, it's very um, on the, the, the kind of outside spectrum of typical CrossFit. And so, you know, just being prepared that they might throw those kind of. Uh, different things in there. Who's programming that? Um, I believe it is His Highness. His Highness? Yes. Who actually the guy who comes up with the workouts? It, in, that's uh, how I understood it to, to be. Wow. Yeah. Goodness me. Yeah. Oh, let's hope he's kind. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Dubai has you know, typically been... Uh, athletes will also look at history of uh, programming for competitions mm. and if they're a beat down or... Now, that's why Rogue came in and said, you know, we're not looking to find the fittest, we're just looking to put on a show. And athletes quite like that. They know that they're not just going to go and get, like, feel like they've been hit by a car afterwards. Whereas, you know, certain competitions, the fashion can be due to do more and more. Mm. And it's not always the best way. I think some, sometimes athletes like going for a one-day competition, you know, because they, they know it's one day... It's not going to be such a beat down. It won't affect training that much. And so, actually, moving into like one day competitions is maybe not the worst. How long is Dubai? This this year is only three days, but I believe uh, I might be wrong here, but I believe they've been up to five. So we're doing Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, okay. because of the um, the calendar difference. All right. Um. Well, I think that's our catch up. Yeah. Anything, is there anything else we need to tell or say? No, I, I think in essence we are, you know, we, we've got the end of season 
kind of end of off season competitions for uh, for the girls and Kristoff. There may be some stuff like if we need to put in um, the start of next year. But this being said, with the open quarterfinal semi-finals, you know, it fills up the calendar mm. quite quickly. Um, and then we'll, we'll be looking to do some like run some camps and, and do some things here in New York in that time. But, but yeah, in essence, is kind of head down working phase really. Building. Building. Perfect. <laughs> I like building. Kind of quiet and determined. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Winston Churchill pushing things across, <laughs> things across maps and stuff. Yeah. You know, just strategically working on weaknesses. Yeah, very much. Good. Good luck in Dubai. Thank you. I'm sure that I shall have a blow by blow account of the whole sandy <laughs> yeah. mess afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks, John. Next time we chat, we'll be in the lead up to the Dubai Fitness Challenge in December. In the meantime, I have some great guests for you. Coming up next is Christoph Horvath, Hungary's fittest man. We chat about everything, including sibling rivalry with his sister, Laura. So look forward to that. And until then, thanks for listening and bye bye. Don't miss the next episode. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Europe is Coming is a programme production and hosted by Vicky McLeod.